Motherhood can be really hard sometimes. It can bring up circumstances and trials and things that are just hard to navigate. And Kelly Bullard, she's a mom of two, of Hallie and crew, they're two years apart, experienced something very hard in losing her husband, Alex, at just seven weeks postpartum. Um, She's 27 years old and a widow. Yet, she stayed very consistent through it all. Also, while teaching first grade, um, her relationship with the Lord was a huge, huge piece of that. And today on the podcast, I'm honored to share the mic with her and allow her to share her story and not just how she's grown over the last 10 and a half months since the accident, but <laughs> you get to know Kelly's heart and her consistency, what's played into that, how she's relied on and made health a priority, not just for the coping aspect, but all together to be the mom she needs to be for her kids now. And it was an honor to bring her on to the Tough Love Mom podcast and let her share her story Let Kelly share her heart, her encouraging message that will just leave you, I don't want to use the word motivated, but it will leave you spurred on to show up better. And I cannot wait to have you listen and be encouraged by Kelly. She's awesome. So let's get into the conversation. Hey mama, welcome to the Tough Love Mom Podcast. I know you're here because you're ready to get consistent and finally lose that weight and you're not afraid of a little tough love. You know what to do to lose weight, but following through on those things feels impossible. You wish you could just feel like your strong, confident self again and want to be a good example for your little ones, but you get thrown off by mom guilt and the unpredictability of motherhood. It's frustrating. Taking on your journey postpartum is hard, but it's not impossible. Hey, I'm Liz, and I've been where you are. I gained a lot of weight in my pregnancies, 90 pounds and then 60 pounds. I needed to lose that weight to take control of my health and honestly just wanted to feel like myself again. With a sustainable approach to weight loss, simple consistency, and working on my mindset, I lost it all in just over a year both times, and I'm here to help you do the same. I believe that we have an ingrained ability to figure out what we need to do, make it happen, and do it in a way that awes the world. If you're ready to stop falling off the wagon, create solid routine and healthy habits, and finally feel your best inside and out, all while enjoying dino nuggets on your salad, you are in the right place. We're about to transform your journey, my friend. Get pumped up. It is tough love time. Hey, Kelly, I'm so excited that you get to be on today and that you get to share your story um, and just encourage listeners, spur them on. You're so good at that. So tell the listeners more about you and your family. Yeah, like how you and Alex met, all that fun stuff. Just like give us the backstory on you and your family. Yeah. Um, So like Liz said, I'm Kelly Bullard. Um, I'm 27 years old. Um, I teach first graders and I love it. Um, I've got two little ones, Hallie, who is three and crew will be one soon. So I was born and raised in Wheaton, Illinois, up in the suburbs. And I went to Illinois Wesleyan for elementary education. And that's where I met Alex. He was going to Kankakee Community College playing baseball. We met at a friend's house. 
uh, a random night was never introduced and ended up dating <laughs> a couple months later. He worked for his family's farm. So after college, we moved in with his parents and this whole country life was very foreign to me. But then, yeah, we got engaged in March of 2017 and then married in June of 2018 and then had our two babies. So yeah, that's me. (laughs) It's funny. We grew up in the same town, went to the same high school, and I love that we're connected in that aspect. And I can only imagine going from like suburbia, all the things you need right there to country life. I mean, Illinois Wesleyan's in that area though, right? Like in more... So that's in Bloomington, which is still like a big city. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like our graduating class is bigger than the whole town I live in. (laughs) Small. You're like, okay. Very small. But what's cool and what I've loved about your guys' just love story, for lack of a better word, it really is. I mean, it's like storybook. It's beautiful. And I appreciate how you share it now and just honor him. But um, the fact that you moved there and you were like, I'm, we're going to do this. I'm going to figure it out. I'll live the country life for you. I love it. So, um, how was that transition for you to <laughs> living out in the country on a farm? Well, married to a farm, like how, yeah. how was that transition for you mentally? All of that. It was hard in the beginning. Um, cause my family's kind of spread out all over in different States. Um, <laughs> but yeah, coming here, it really is a whole new world. Like I need to drive a minimum of like 20 minutes to even get groceries and to get real stores or like a Starbucks or Target or something. I have to drive 45 minutes one way. So it's weird. Yeah. And I'm out in the country with cows in my backyard and we, Alex and I talked all the time, like there's perks to both, like there's ups and downs to both of them. There are things we love about the country and don't love and then vice versa with suburbia life too. But it's, yeah, it was hard mentally, um, just being away from my family. Um, but I kind of knew this was, I mean, coming into it, it was like, okay, this is our forever home. This is where we're going to be. This is what you do. You love it. Like I'm in, let's go. I love it. I love it. Y'all got to follow Kelly on social media and just read some of her posts because the way you retell your, your love story and your marriage is just beautiful. Um, and really gives you much more, I feel like we just brush the surface of, you know, your real heart and, and commitment and it's beautiful. So, you know, to really get the full picture, you definitely need to read some of her posts, but, um, what did your, so you're very, very consistent still to this day. And, um, even after like Hallie was born and you were transitioning into motherhood, all of that, you've been very consistent in your health. So where did that, when did that start? When did that shift change? Because I feel like growing up high school, you can kind of do whatever you're active, but you can eat anything. Same kind of in college. A lot of people can fall off that in college and create unhealthy habits. So where did that shift change for you? And how did you sustain it through like pregnancy and postpartum? Yeah. Um, definitely very unhealthy (laughs) high school, college, (laughs) just kind of did whatever, no self-control at all. It really wasn't until after I had Hallie that kind of my perspective shifted. Um, Throughout Hallie's pregnancy, that was my excuse to not have to work out, eat whatever I wanted. um, And I was miserable. Like her pregnancy was terrible. I felt like I was either on the bathroom floor throwing up or laying in bed, just so exhausted, feeling terrible. 
every now and then, like maybe once a month, I'd like walk on the treadmill or try and do somewhat of a workout, but not consistent, nothing at all. And I had postpartum depression after Hallie for sure. I had a C-section with her. So I didn't have my checkup until seven weeks postpartum with her. Um, and I was cleared to do my workouts. Um, and that's kind of when I got consistent. I had a bigger reason now having a daughter. I had a better why than just a number on the scale or physically what I looked like. I wanted to be a part of her everyday life and play with her. So, um, after Hallie, about after seven weeks postpartum with Hallie was when I kind of got into a routine and started working out every day. And that led me to my second pregnancy with crew, which was a year and a half later. It was a completely different pregnancy. Like I felt good. I still had those nauseous throwing up moments, um, but way better. Like I'm chasing a toddler around. I was working out six to seven days a week ish. I even got COVID when I was pregnant with crew around 20 weeks and it really didn't affect me all that much. Um, I actually was kind of bummed when I did get COVID and I couldn't do my workouts because once you get into a consistent routine, you kind of crave it and you kind of feel just yucky when you don't do it. But I was, I definitely think the fact that I had a better pregnancy, I had a better delivery, I had a better postpartum with crew, I contributed to working out and just being more conscious of my nutrition from the get-go with that pregnancy. So didn't use it as an excuse and definitely didn't use my babies as an excuse to not work out anymore like I did with Hallie. So yeah, it's crazy how that shift just happens eventually for most people. And it makes a huge difference in how you feel for the most part. I still know moms who are like super active and they get to pregnancy and it's just like insurmountable, the sickness and that happens, but it's neat to see, like, it truly does help if you're more along the average lines of like nauseousness and not Mm -hmm. feeling well and whatnot. So it's amazing that you were able to do it six to seven days a week too. That's just awesome. And I remember, (laughs) I remember after crew was born, seeing you had started 75 hard just a few weeks later. And I was like, dang, she is she just, you do crave that consistency. And I think it, I was like, wow, that's, it was before I ever started it. And I was like, all right, Kelly can do it. I can do it too. With my older (laughs) child, who's not that young. (laughs) It was so cool. With crew, my um, checkup, because I was able to have a vaginal birth with him. His checkup was at four weeks and I was cleared at four weeks to do um, my normal workout routine. So yeah, it really did make a difference. And I felt so much better getting back into it after crew than obviously with Hallie when I hadn't done anything. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of moms are concerned about like the schedule, the time. So how did you balance? I mean, you work full-time as a, as a teacher and Alex was at the farm a lot from what I understand. Farming takes a lot of like taking care of cattle takes a lot of time. So, uh, yeah, like basically gone a lot. How did you manage your routine and consistency with that circumstance, even just with Hallie, like when you were pregnant, the tiredness, um, those first few weeks postpartum after you were cleared with crew, having two kids and being consistent, how did you manage that then? Yeah. Um, so weekdays I get up early and work out before the kids wake up. And then Alex used to be on Hallie duty. So he would get her ready in the morning to make sure I could get, um, my workout in to start my day. Right. And then after crew was born, there were times where he was 
strapped to my chest in a wrap and I did the workout with him on my chest. Um, so wait, there you go. Getting stronger. Yeah. On my legs. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't use weight. So he didn't get hit, but it'd be, yeah, he was on my chest so I could get the workout done. So you do have to make sacrifices and you do have to, um, and you have to be okay with that, especially with littles. You're going to have to pause your workout to go nurse. You're going to have to pause the soothe or put them down or change a diaper. And yeah. that's okay. That happens. That's life. You're never going to have perfect timing all the time. Um, so just be okay with it being interrupted and don't get frustrated. Like I use crew and Hallie both as weights, like still do to this day if I need to. Um, so yeah, just be okay with it being imperfect and that's going to happen. And it's just, you have to, you have to want it more than your excuses. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm looking at Kelly right now on zoom. I know you're listening to the podcast, so you can't see her, but I mean, girlfriend's got guns, like her shoulders are ripped. And I'm sitting here like, you do not need the perfect workout circumstances to get results. Like she is in great shape physically by just looking at her. So (laughs) true testament to perfection is not necessary. Like I always say, if you don't want to hear it from me, hear it from Kelly. (laughs) All right. So you were seven weeks postpartum uh, when Alex passed away. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like season with what your journey looked like, how it affected your like health overall physically. Um, do you want to go into that? Do you want to? Okay. So how was that? Um, What was that like? It was a, it was June 10th. 10th. What day of the week was that? Like a Friday, Thursday, Thursday. Okay. I remember the next morning seeing the news and I was was sobbing. And so I can't broken for you. So, um, I don't know the words. And that's okay. Um, the grief, you know, I've, I've experienced loss in my life, but, um, more expected losses just with a disease or older age, um, stuff like that. Um, never anything this sudden, never anything this unexpected. Um, so it was a car accident, he was just going to check cows like he did every night and then didn't make it home. Um, so I had no, I knew in my head that grief was this deep feeling of sadness, but grief takes over your whole body. Eating, you can't eat, you can't drink water, you cannot sleep. You are just numb and paralyzed. Like there's no other way to describe it. You truly like your knees buckle sometimes when you're walking, you can't form words. You are throwing up. You're not eating, but running to the bathroom. Um, I was still bleeding from having crew and Alex and I said, if you're still bleeding at eight weeks, we'll call the doctor and figure out what's going on. Um, so then when this happened, the bleeding, um, became uncontrollable. It was terrible at all hours of the day. Um, it truly, truly felt like I was suffocating every second of the day. So literally teaching myself how to breathe again, how to eat again, how to drink water. Um, it, it, it's, it's like mental warfare with your whole body. Every part of you is affected. Um, and it truly is you're in survival mode. And at that time it was just, I don't know how my kids were dressed, fed, how laundry got done. Like that's just blessings from my family being here, friends being here, taking over, doing all of that for me, because 
all I could do was open my eyes and realize I'm reliving this nightmare every single time I woke up. So grief is so much more than just being sad or upset. It is your whole body. It takes a toll on and it's, it seems endless in the beginning. It truly is like, this will never get better. There's no light at the end of this tunnel. And and it's really hard. You fight yourself. Um, it's, it's not fun and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I promise keep going. It gets better. And, you know, I was nursing at the time. So my family's like, you at least drink your water for crew so you can keep producing. And I just am watching my production just go down and down and down. So yeah, I had to learn how to eventually take care of myself again so that I could be a mom to these kids, a mom and dad to my babies. So yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> literally it affects everything. It's, it's insane. So yeah, it took a while, probably a couple of weeks until I was like, okay, I know I need to do this for me that Alex would want me to do this for me and for our kids. So eventually I got to working out again, but I didn't want to do anything for a while. I can't, like, I don't blame you <laughs> I, going from not wanting or being able to sleep or drink water or eat or any of that to having to work all that back in. Did you take it one thing at a time? How did you work out of that and not stay? Mm-hmm. Not, I don't want to say stuck in that feeling, but not stay there. And yeah. actually, cause it takes action. I mean, there's no other way than just like, okay, I'm going to try to do this today and yeah. a little bit more. What did you start with? How did that work back in? The first time I worked out was the following Saturday. Um, it wow. was June 19th and I was, I wanted to go for a run. Cause I'm like runs clear in my head. They make me feel better, but it was summer, super hot outside the little kids. So I ran on the treadmill at my house and in front of my treadmill is this big blown up Smallwood home picture of, um, me, Hallie and Alex. And it felt like no matter how fast I was running on that treadmill, I couldn't catch him. And I had a breakdown. And so that first workout wasn't great. And then the following Tuesday came. So it was June 22nd, which is our wedding anniversary. It would have been our third, um, anniversary. And I just woke up knowing that I needed, I needed something, something had to change from here on out. And I did a workout with um, a trainer who is very hardcore, who does not take excuses. And I needed someone to push me who didn't know my story, who wasn't looking at me, giving me any relief, just push me. You can do this. I needed a challenge. Um, I cried through the entire thing. But I finished it and I had to show myself I was capable of doing hard things because in that moment, like I said before, I truly was reteaching myself how to redo everything that was so natural before. And from June 22nd on, um, I've been working out consistently again. And that is truly because I had set up that consistency after Hallie. And I think that again was a God thing because he knew I would need a healthy outlet and all of this and food is not healthy and drinking is not healthy. And I needed a way to cope. And for me, working out is a way for me to do that. It's like a mental relief for me. Yeah. I'm reading this book right now. Interesting. You say that I just finished a chapter on it's called a, it's called burnout and it's about the stress cycle. And they talk about how physical activity 
I'll send you the, I'll send you it. I know I'm writing this down. <laughs> it's a good book, but it talks about how the stress cycle needs to be completed and how physical activity is the number one way to complete that cycle, like to finish feeling the stress yeah. um, and not just deal with the stressor in front of you, but the actual stress that your body is physiologically going through. So it's in that interesting to hear that after just reading the chapter on that, but, um, I didn't realize you had started the consistency that early after the accident. So it's, it's impressive, but it's takes a lot of self-awareness to realize that for yourself and then follow through. What do you do? Do you think there was anything like earlier in your life or during, once you started getting consistent after Hallie was born that helped flip that switch in your mind or help you get more self-awareness around the connection between what physical activity can do for you and how it could help. in I mean, literally the hardest, the hardest of hard, especially postpartum, it's hard to, it's hard to like muster any of that self-awareness because you are literally in survival mode. Yes. So after Alex passing, I mean, it's like survival mode times you don't even have a number mm-hmm. plus postpartum. So how did you gain that self-awareness? And where um, did that start I really think it came like about a year after I had Hallie. So around like when COVID hit, like was getting bad 2020, that's kind of when I wasn't going to school anymore. I was working from home. So I had more time to work out Well, I had more time to either work out or binge food and TV. Um, so I got really into, um, just getting in tune more with my body and what I needed and truly like the switch went off because I, felt the change. It didn't just, you know, affect the number on the scale. I got better sleep. My skin was clearing up. Like I felt better. I was more patient. Like I was a better wife. I was a better mom. I was better teacher. Overall, I was just a better person. It affects so much more than what we think working out does. Um, so since I went through that and just felt so much better overall. I mean, if you asked Alex, he would have been like, oh yeah, this is the best thing she ever did was get consistent working out because he noticed a difference. I wasn't as snippy with him, right? Cause we take it out on the people we love the most when we shouldn't. So I just, overall, I just noticed such a big difference. And I learned like how to fuel my body instead of just eating to eat or overeating on all the chocolate that I love so much. (laughs) Um, so when you feel that difference and you just feel so much better overall, it's like, I don't want to go back to feeling crappy all the time and slowed down and tired in my workouts and tired all day with the kids. Like I need natural energy from this workout. It gives me a boost. Um, so yeah, ever since about a year after Hallie, it was like, okay, if I did this once I can keep doing this again and again. Yeah. I love how you said Alex was like the best thing she ever did. (laughs) He did. Seriously. (laughs) He would. He was like the testament to it. Like, yes, my wife started. Cause I would tell him like, my alarm's going to go off. I don't want to get out of bed. You have to tell me like, get up. Yeah. I mean, he still slept. He wouldn't work out with me, but, (laughs) but yeah, he'd be like, you can do this. Come on, Cal, like get up. So it was like, all right. All right. And he knew like, He'd be like, man, if you don't get your workout in, I feel bad for those kids, like (laughs) students. Yeah. Yeah. My students did. Okay. Now question. Was it like after your first workout where he was like that, or did it take a few weeks? Cause it, 
I feel like oh, moms no. are like, well, if he's not gonna, you know, pat me on the back after the first one and be my cheerleader, I don't have the support to do it. So what was the timeline for that? Uh, not even a few weeks. It took a long, like a couple months of consistently doing this. Now in the beginning was when I was like, I really am going to need your help here to get up. I'm not a morning person, but I've become one. So he would like, you know, sleepily pat me like, "Mm -hmm, you can do it. Um, (laughs) But it really was probably close to a year almost of the consistency. Like, I mean, he saw the changes after a few months of my attitude and my demeanor, but yeah, close to almost a year later was when he's like, this is the best thing she ever did. Like, I'm so glad you did this. Um, so yeah, definitely not one workout, definitely not one week, definitely not a month. It like, it takes a long time to see those changes overall. Um, especially for others to see them too, not just you. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely not an overnight thing. <laughs> I love though that he was supportive eventually and yeah. noticed how beneficial it was, not just for you. Cause it's not like a selfish thing that we do working out. It really is for the people around us and loved it fact- for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so much nicer. <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> it's so good for my mental health. Um, yeah. but the fact that you even use that for motivation after he passed away to say, I need to do this. Cause Alex would say, you need to do this for the kids mm-hmm. and being in that a better mom to them requires that. So it's, I think takes a lot of strength and again, self-awareness to go. He would say this. And so I need to follow through. What do you think helped your follow through that like consistency or follow through muscle as you would call it regain strength after the accident? Um, I think, I think really, I just had a bigger why and we've kind of like touched on this, but it's like, I know I need to take care of myself now more than ever. I'm the only parents my kids have right now. So it's, I refuse to let my body be the reason they lose me. Like I, I need to take care of myself the best way I can for my babies. And kind of like you said, I do, I hear Alex in my workouts, like when he was home and I'd be working out, he'd be like, squeeze your shoulder blades more. Like don't curve your back, like straighten this out, look up a little bit. So it's like, I hear him in my head, um, when I'm working out now, or like, even sometimes if I need extra motivation, like I'll turn a song on and it'll be like one of his favorite songs. And I'm like, thank you for the extra push, Alex. Like you knew I needed it. Um, it's just knowing that it's not it's not just for me. It's for everyone I love and everyone who interacts with me throughout my entire day. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's for Alex. It's to be the best mom and dad I can be for him and for me and for those babies. Yeah. I know you've said that grief, I know you've shared this a lot, how it kind of comes in waves and it comes up on it unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and like right now, someone listening might go, she sounds so great. Like she must be in a great place, but I mean, maybe this morning or just a few, I mean, it can hit whenever. So when that happens or when there's days where you're like, cause I mean, I have days where I'm like, Oh, motherhood's so hard. I'm so tired from this. And often in those moments, I, I think of you a lot. So someone listening might go, she sounds so good right now, but I know there's those days when the motivation quote motivation, you know, is not there even though you know your why logically, like how do you handle those days when you truly don't have time or energy 
or that will, and that grief is more than you can bear. How, like, do you take the rest days because you know, you need it? I mean, you have that self-awareness, I feel like, but how do you handle those moments? Um, so unlike the bad days, a workout is like a non-negotiable, like I, mm. I have to, and if I can feel it building up in myself, even if I did something in the morning, it's like, okay, I need to do, just get on the treadmill for 10 minutes or something. Wow. Um, because it's, it doesn't change my circumstances. It doesn't bring my husband back, but it gives me a moment where I feel I'm in control of my body and not my grief. So it, also it's, it's just a choice. I mean, I know that can sound harsh, but for me, it's like, there are times where I absolutely am on the bathroom floor, cannot move, can't breathe. I have that all the time, but then there are times where it's like, okay, did I try to talk myself out of this? Did I, what did I try to do to make myself feel better? And a lot of times a workout sweating it out is a relief for me. Um, so, and just, I involve my kids in it at home. <laughs> Hallie does it with me. <laughs> There's still my weights at times, but for me, like, it doesn't matter. Like good day, bad day, work it out. I can cry through the entire thing, but as long as I do it, I know I will feel better and have be able to think more clearly. So it doesn't have to be a long one. I don't need to do like an hour long workout, like 10 minutes sometimes is all I need to just be like, okay, I can control my body. I can control these emotions. Like what do I need? And in that moment, sometimes I do have a panic attack because that's what my body needs. And other times it's like, okay, this can just be what it is. And my feelings are okay to feel them, but it doesn't need to turn into more. So it's honestly just like a conscious effort to know ultimately I am in control of my body and I can take it as far or not as far as my grief needs to go. I don't know. I don't know if that even made sense. It does. It does. And that's, it's amazing to me that you can connect that I'm in control. I can be in control of my body and I know I can respond to what it needs instead of just not responding and letting my feelings, not feelings, emotions, but like not letting it take over. Mm -hmm. to a point that you're not in control. It's amazing. What's helped you get to that point? Is it, I know you have a strong relationship with the Lord and not all the listeners know the Lord or Christians, but please feel free to share that piece of your story, especially after Alex's accident. Love therapy. Love Jesus. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's all we all need. How have you grown since this? I mean, you could probably talk about that for like an hour, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what, what's been like the biggest things that have helped you realize those moments, like in those, those really, really hard moments when you're like, okay, I can, I need to new, do what I need to do to let, however, grief's showing up right now, either control my body or let it work its course. Mm-hmm. That self-awareness. I mean, your sh- strength through all of this, um, like what's helped the most tangibly, how have your relationship with the Lord and how have therapy helped? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've always, I, I say there's a difference between like knowing God and saying you believe in him and then just fully 100% surrendering your life because I've always been a follower. I've always been a believer. And since losing Alex, it's like, 
hands up, Jesus, take the wheel. I have no control. I've learned that. Um, so it's kind of just like almost taking a back seat and just surrendering like, Lord, your will be done and use me however you need to. And I think just this whole experience has given me the biggest perspective shift of how I want to live my life, the type of person I want to be, what I want my funeral to look like, what I want people to say at my funeral. Um, and I, I want someone to say, you know, she changed my life. And I, I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know. I don't know yet. Um, but I just, I oftentimes can get in my head that, you know, this is, it's easy to get in a grief hole. You dig yourself in a hole so deep you can't get out of it. And that absolutely happens and that's okay. Um, but just not sitting in it for too long. That's when I, reading my devotionals, reading the Bible, listening to music is therapy for me sometimes. Going to therapy, just getting an outsider's perspective on things. Um, I like to write. So when I get really upset, I'll go write something out. I have like a couple notebooks where I write to Alex. I have some where it's just to me or to the kids. Um, but everyone's different and what helps them. But what helps me the most is just going back and communicating with God or looking at who he says I am, because I know ultimately that I will be with Alex again. And that gives me hope, but to get through day by day, it's not me. It's by his grace. I'm still standing and still here talking to you today. So it's, it's been amazing. It's easy in the moments when you're hurting to be like, God, where are you? Like, how, how could you let this happen and blame and be angry? Um, and don't get me wrong. I've been there. I've questioned him. I, I always think my ways are better. Um, but looking back on these last 10 and a half months since the accident, it's, it's very, it's very evident um, that God's hand was there through it all from that night on. And it's, it's just so powerful. <laughs> the days he physically carried me through and sent so many angels to help the kids and I, and it's just, it's without my faith, I would be absolutely lost. So he, I mean, truly a father to the fatherless and a protector of the widows. Um, we wouldn't be here without him. That is for sure. His hand has been in it all. He wasn't surprised by this. And I may never know why, um, but that's okay. <laughs> so just kind of talking, communicating, praying, um, and whatever helps you the most. For me, it's writing or being around my kids because they're my biggest reminder of Alex. Do you like to think back on like specific things you were like, that was God and I can't explain it. Do you like to think back on those? Yes. I do. Daily. Do you have any favorite ones from either from the acts, like from the time of the accident until now that just come to mind that you're like, Oh, that was so God. And I can't explain it. Yeah. I mean, seriously, multiple times throughout the day, I think of this because you never don't think of it. Um, but the night of the accident, um, 
crew was a very, very hard baby. He was very colicky. I was the only one who could hold him. Alex, if Alex held him, he'd be screaming the whole time. And as soon as I grabbed him, he would stop crying. Very, very tough baby. Um, but the night of the accident, he was strapped on my chest and didn't make a peep all night. I think having crew with me at the scene was another God thing because he kept me more calm. Um, and I'll never forget it. It was the strangest thing. It's like my body knew when I got to the scene that he, he didn't make it, but no one told me. And I stood in the same spot almost the entire night in the middle of the road, just staring at his truck. The headlights were still on and I was just swaying back and forth, holding crew on my chest, singing miracle worker or Waymaker, singing Waymaker. And yes, I know the song. Yes, I've heard it before, but it's not like that was a typical thing to just pop in my head on repeat. And I just sat there swaying, holding crew just with Waymaker on repeat in my head. And I, I can't even describe it. Like I had this sense of peace. It was like, I don't know. Like it was just this peace that came over me. Like you will be okay. Like I will take care of you and your kids. And it was just, I don't know. Like I can't even explain it because it's, it doesn't make sense that I should have had any sort of peace in that moment at that scene at all. And it was just like, you're going to be okay. I've got you. And I, I just kind of in that moment and ever since it's been like, okay, you've got us. I remember you hearing when you shared about crew being on your chest, didn't, was it a neighbor or a friend, a family member that was like, you want me to take him? And you were like, no, cause he, no. he'll cry. <laughs> right. Yeah, My neighbor yeah. is the one who came in and got me. And she's like, I said, will you stay with Hallie? Um, so yeah. I can go to the scene. And she's like, yeah, do you want me to take crew? And I'm like, no, he won't go to you. Like he's going to scream his head off the whole time. Um, yeah. So he was with me. And then um, when I went to see Alex, I had handed crew to a friend who was there. And she later told me I was terrified to hold yeah. him because I thought he would just be screaming the whole time. And he didn't. Yeah. He was calm. Has, he, has he, crew changed demeanor since? Yes. Like, did he calm down after that? He, wow. I often think about that too. Like, I wonder if crew's demeanor would have changed had this not happened, like, I don't know if he just sensed in me stress and overwhelm, overwhelming anxiety. Um, but he is like the chillest <laughs> go so with cute. the flow. <laughs> yes, truly. His whole demeanor has changed and it's been another God thing. Like you have bigger things to worry about right now, Kelly. Wow. He works in such amazing, literally again, unexplainable Mm-hmm. ways. So thank you for sharing those. Um, yeah. is there anything solo parenting that's helped the last like 10 and a half months? How has that been doing that on your own? Yeah. Um, well parenting kids of any age with both parents is yeah. hard. What's their um, age gap? Two years, almost exactly. Okay. okay. 
Um, Super close. Yes. <laughs> they're going to be best friends. Someone told me when, cause I was like, oh man, they're going to, my kids are super close to like 21 months, I think 22. And someone told me your oldest won't know life without their sibling. And I was like, True. that's cool. That's that pretty special. Cool. I, I always say my kids are the biggest blessing and the hardest part in all of this. Um, but it's really hard. Like the mental load of making every decision on your own and paperwork sucks. Um, especially even filling it out with signatures of both parent or mom and dad information. And it's just, it's a lot. And then of course, you know, you always worry about outside factors and what people are thinking and if I'm being judged or, but the biggest worry is, am I messing my kids up? what would Alex have done in this situation? Like he was always the one to calm me down or like, if I needed a break and be like, you're up, like, I'm going to go take a break outside for five minutes. I will come back and be mom, but right now I need a break. Um, so yeah, there are no breaks. It's 24 seven. It's constant. Um, crew didn't sleep through the night until about mm, 10 months old. (laughs) So that was exhausting. But the most helpful thing really is when people help out with the kids. Um, I have a friend who two days a week after school, she picks them up, plays with them for a few hours so I can have just alone time, which is non-existent as a parent in general. So that's like the most helpful thing is when people take the kids for the night or for an hour um, so I can get groceries or play with them. Cause they, Hallie, Hallie knows something's wrong still. And we still talk about daddy, but crew has no idea, but they're the best and the hardest part for sure. Um, because I'm just trying to survive. I feel like I'm just coming out of survival mode 24 seven and into like the fog is lessening now. Wow. We talked about how you navigate the hard days. You mentioned chocolate was like a weakness of yours <laughs> and nutrition in general, when people are stressed, it's like, okay, that's my comfort. That's what I'm going to yeah. go to food. And that can be so easy and stressful. I mean, even if it's like not a chronically stressful thing, like losing a spouse or loss of any type, even if it's like a, okay, I had a stressful day, a stressful couple hours at work, you know, something small, it can lead to that comfort for like going to food for comfort. How have you navigated that piece of things? Um, So yeah, in the beginning, eating was just really hard. And then I slowly got back into eating and now my appetite is fully back full force. And it's become an issue because I am now turning more to the kids go to bed. I have quiet time and it's like, oh, Easter just happened. Let's take this Reese's and I can eat this. So like you said, I, there have been times where I turn to it for a source of comfort. And then I always feel terrible after it's like, man, I shouldn't have done that. Like I regret it not while I'm doing it, but afterwards, because the feeling I I like feel sick. I want to throw up because I just ate all that. I know my workout in the morning, I'm going to be slowed down because of it. I'm not going to feel as good or lift as heavy. So then I, it's a mental game. Like do I really want this right now? Or do I need to go read my Bible? Like, do I really need chocolate or am I just bored? And maybe I haven't drank all my water for the day yet. Or do you just need to go to bed, Kelly? Like, <laughs> let it go. Stop eating, go brush your teeth, 
and go. <laughs> um, so just kind of being in tune and knowing what I need and what makes me feel better. Because in the moment, I don't regret eating all the candy, but afterwards it's like, man, I regret it now. I'm going to regret it in the morning. Like, yeah. and it's going to take so much more work to fix what I just did in five minutes. Yeah. Um, so it's just like a mental game for me. Like, I mean, really I sit there and I'm like, Kelly, I say out loud, like, do you need this right now? And then it's like, I want it. <laughs> but would Alex do that for you? Once <laughs> you were like, he would, you would like when I was like strict <laughs> trying to be really good because then he would still have the food in the house or Hollywood and they would eat it. And then he'd look at me like, do you need this right now? Like, do you need it? And I'm like, stop. Yes. But yeah, it's, again, it's just a choice. And I know if I want to feel better that eating that way won't, won't help me. It, it makes it worse for me. Such a good lesson. And what will this workout do for me? That's not the scale. That's not my body. That's legitimately like my overall health, physically, emotionally, mentally, and same thing with food. What will this or won't this do for me? when it comes to food and, and instead of being in the nitty gritty of, well, I feel this way, so I'm going to eat this or I'm having a hard time. So it's, I can justify it, but taking a step back and you said that Alex's accident in the last 10 and a half months have given you so much perspective. And it's amazing that you've applied that as well to your journey, because I think we can, as moms in general, get so focused and like caught up in the nitty gritty of the day to day and lose that ability to step back and take a big perspective on things. And it can be, sometimes it's like a doctor's appointment that we have and they tell us something we don't want to hear or something that happens that, you know, shakes us to our core that makes you take that big perspective step back. And like, for me, it was preeclampsia in my own health and saying, okay, like if I am be around for my kids long-term, I need to not have blood pressure issues when I'm 40 or 50. Mm -hmm. So how would you, like, maybe a mom hasn't had that experience that has given her that perspective shift yet. What would you encourage her to do so she can give herself that perspective more often and be able to see a bigger picture? That's a good question. (laughs) I think it's, it's hard because you think you're invincible and those bad things only happen in the movies and not real life. And then it, it happens to you and it rocks you to your core. So it's, I don't want anyone to have to go through a horrible time like that to have the perspective shift that I had. I just, I wish like people would know that it's just, it can do so much your workout, your nutrition does so much more for you overall as a person for your mental well-being for my anxiety um I've always had anxiety but my workouts help that all the time yeah. um it's for sure helped my depression and I think my workouts I I can't claim this for sure but I'm almost 100% positive my workouts are why I wasn't clinically depressed like they wow. didn't diagnose me because they're like we, we see you, we hear you. This isn't the typical depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it is a totally because of my workouts, like if kind of like my postpartum depression after Hallie, I didn't have workouts as an outlet and it's 
I do now. And wow. I, I know that no matter what I face, because right, we're all guaranteed pain and sorrow in this life. I know it's not one and done. So whatever else I face while I'm still here, I know I will get through it. Like if I can get through this, I can get through anything. I'm positive of that. <laughs> um, Amen. Uh, so I know just it's, it's hard unless you've been through it, but I would just encourage you just once you feel, start to feel the difference and notice the difference and your spouse notices the difference. Like it's so encouraging. You just feel better and you want that for yourself. You want that for your kids and your spouse. And it truly has nothing to do with how you look physically. It's all about how you feel as a person. And it helped me grow. So not just like working out, I, I got more consistent too in my personal development, in my devotionals. Like it helped me just create more structure and routine in my life overall and for my kids. So I just, and your babies are always watching, always. They see you. They want to do the workouts with you. They're learning from you, whether you know it or not, they're watching. We absolutely are. I love your pictures with Hallie picking up weights and <laughs> with you and crew being all happy. And I'm like, man, it, it, they truly do watch. And it's just, it's amazing. The strength that you've shown the last 10 and a half months, but it's, it's awesome to see the the background picture of what you've like the process of what that's looked like for you, because it's not just like, Oh, well she was consistent. So she just went right back to it and it was easy. Cause it's not, and I mean, even if you're not in the kind of hard that Kelly's in to speaking to you right now, listener, like, even if you don't have that level of hard, everyone's heart is different, but the consistency pays off over time and it needs to be the outlet, even on the hard days. Do you think you would have noticed this question came to mind while you're talking earlier? You said it took like a year for Alex to notice the changes that it made for you. Do you think that connection in your mind between what you were doing and how it was making you feel like the benefits that were way more than just like the tangible visual things with fitness and nutrition? How long did it take for that to develop? Because that ends up for most people becoming their motivation. I like the way it makes me feel. I crave this. It's just who I am now. That takes a while to develop. Um, how long did it take for you after Hallie? Do you think probably close to a year, like 10, 11 months, I'd say, um, of putting in that consistency, probably six days a week. And it's, it's falling in love with the process, like knowing every day is not going to be my best knowing, I'm going to have bad days or nights. I don't sleep well, or maybe I ate, had too much salt or sugar the night before. And I'm not going to, I'm going to be bloated. I'm going to have bad days. Um, but just sticking with it and just seeing the benefits. Um, like I want that for the rest of my life. I want, I want to have that. And then I just felt I was able to pour into others more and just, think of others and their needs and how I can help them instead of just, I'm miserable. I don't feel good. I'm too tired. I don't want to do anything. And that's what we're here for. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a long time too. So yeah, this podcast is the tough love mom podcast and the t- like tough love truly is just being straightforward with someone because you care about their well being, And I know your heart is so much for others. And I know, I mean, 
when you post and what you share, I think anyone who is a widow, they should reach out to you. And I mean, I know that's been a huge source of support for you as other women who are, have been through similar experiences, but what you share in general, I think will spur anyone on. And I think you are very straightforward. Maybe it's a Midwest thing that we haven't. <laughs> I, think it, I think that's a factor, but um, tough love truly is just being straightforward with someone because you care about them and their well being. And I know you care about others. And I'm sure what you share on Instagram is partly <laughs> kids are being so loud right now. Sorry if you hear that. Okay. I'm sure what you share is partly like for yourself, for the memories that you're sharing, the things that are on your heart. I mean, even for me, like sometimes when I, when I post, it's like therapeutic and it's helpful for me to like put that out there, but I know your heart and that a big part of it too, is to help others. So I have a two-part question. Usually it's just a one-part question, but one, so you can answer the first one and then we can ask the second one, but tough love. So like be straightforward. You don't have to sugarcoat anything when it comes to supporting someone who has lost a spouse. What is like the best thing? if someone's in nearby and if someone's further away, what's the most helpful? And is there anything that is very unhelpful uh, when it comes to loss and grief of a spouse? So I think a lot of times we're uncomfortable with grief and people don't want to say the wrong thing. So they say nothing at all. Um, and that is absolutely the wrong thing. Um, Mm -hmm. always say something, um, And then a lot of times we don't know what to say. So those cliche things come to our mind. Um, If there's anything you need, let me know. Everything happens for a reason, those type of things. And those begin to feel like empty words. And in some instances, they can kind of invalidate our grief. Like, oh, everything happens for a reason. Like, not necessarily like get over it, but yes, this was a part of God's plan. I fully believe that that's not the question. Um, but in the moment it's like, okay. (laughs) Um, so I think something that I found very helpful, um, is asking specifics, you know, I'm bringing dinner Tuesday or Thursday with this week, which day works best for you. Um, I would like to take the kids this weekend or next for a sleepover. Which one would you like? What's more helpful? Um, like I'm bringing, I'm bringing dinner. Do you want pasta or chicken? Like, Asking specific questions helped take that guilt and sense of a burden that we feel like. And I know other people want to help and that helps them to help us. But if you say, if there's anything you need, let me know. We're not going to reach out to you unless you are in our inner circle. You are my sister. You are my mom. You know, like I am not going to call you and be like, Hey, a couple months ago, you said, if there's anything I need, like, will you come mow my lawn? And while it's absolutely said with good intention, and I know that the people mean it. And if I were to call and say that they would show up, that's not what we need to hear. Um, and also just validate, validate our grief, sit in the silence with us, be okay with doing that. Um, sometimes that's what we need. Show up. If you're close, show up. They're not going to want to leave. And that it's okay to want to be alone, but it's not okay to isolate yourself. So show up for that person, be there for them, however you can. And know that grief has no timeline, no boundaries. Everyone's different. So don't expect them by one year to move on. I hate that phrase. Don't expect them to be over it because they never will be. 
It's always a part of them. I think the hole I have in my heart from Alex, I, I don't believe it's supposed to be filled. I think that's his, it's there. He was, we were one, we were married. We have a family. Like that was my person. And I don't think that will ever be replaced. Even if I am to get remarried one day. Um, also saying their name is so helpful. We want to talk about them and keep them alive the only way we can now. A lot of times, and I, I'm guilty of all of this myself too, before losing Alex, but you don't want to bring more hurt. You don't want to bring it up. You don't want to make them upset, but I can promise you we never forgot for a second. And we want to talk about them. Every widow I've ever met and talked to and connected with, we love we love sharing about our husbands. We want to talk about them. We want to brag about them. We, we just want to talk about them. Like Alex is my favorite topic of conversation and just like all the memories and flashbacks that pop up. I love getting them. And while it may bring tears to my eyes, I'm glad you said it. I wanted to talk about him just, yeah. And just validating us and being, knowing that we're not forgotten. If you're far away, you can send a card, you can send a package, be the prayer warrior behind it. Um, if you're having a tough day or like you said, you know, like if you're, it's a bad motherhood's really hard, but then, you know, you get your husband to come home and vent to it about, you know, and in that moment, maybe just say a little prayer for the widows everywhere, you know, um, widow, widowers, all of us. Um, but yeah, definitely be specific, show up, help them and don't stop. If they push you away, if they don't respond, keep showing up. We need you. That's really helpful. Really helpful. And I, I love when you share that. Cause it's always a reminder too, for me to like stop in the moment and be like, I'm going to pray for Kelly or something you share often that always hits home for me is not taking for granted and being grateful and not reacting as much <laughs> to the moments I want to react because I'm blessed with that. And I appreciate your honesty on social media about it. And also just now, um, because it, we need those reminders all the time. We're so human and so want to give into our flesh and what we want, like you said, like our ways, but they're not the best ways. And so you truly let God work through you and through all of this. I know it will touch someone. Um, so the other part of this tough love question from your heart, it can be about your journey. It can be about relationship with your husband. It can be anything what tough love do you want to leave the listener with today? Just, just some honest straight shooting. Like it can, again, it could be about your health. It could be about marriage or both. If you want to give a couple, <laughs> a couple options there. Um, but what do you want to leave the listener with today? I think my, my biggest thing is just love your people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would get so frustrated so quickly with Alex. If his laundry piled up or he didn't unpack after a trip or there was dishes in the sink. And it's like, who cares? Mm. I vowed to love him anyways. Um, appreciate them. I joked all the time to him about how I was a single parent because he was gone so much. And it's like, no, that's my reality now. And it's like, no, he was here. He loved his babies. Well, he loved us. Well, um, love your people. Don't take them for granted. A lot of things, if they won't matter in the morning, they don't matter now. Set a timer for 30 seconds, vent, get over it and move on. Like that's what I do. If I'm upset about something, it's like, I tell a friend, we're going to talk about this. We're going to set a timer. And when it goes off, we're done moving on bigger things to worry about. Doesn't Uh matter. Um, so 
love your people, especially your spouse. Appreciate them. If they wear muddy shoes in the house, it's okay. <laughs> love them anyway. If they don't push their chair in, if they don't love your meal, they still love you. Um, yeah. So don't take that for granted. Say I love you often. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's good. So good. Uh, where can everyone follow you? I know they'll be encouraged, uh, just by what you shared, continue to be spurred on. This is like, we brushed the surface of who you are in your story and Alex and how he's impacted, not just your life and the kids, but I feel like I've gotten to know him better through since June 10th and how you share about him and who he was. And it's amazing. So where can everyone follow you to just continue to be spurred on and encouraged? Um, on Instagram, it's Kelly Bullard. So just my name, straightforward. <laughs> Perfect. So straightforward. I love it. And I'll link it below in the show notes too. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Kelly, and for encouraging everyone listening. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. I know something from what Kelly shared today hit home hard. And what I want you to do is go on Instagram, go find Kelly. Again, I linked her Instagram below. You can find her at Kelly Bullard. And I want you to let her know. You can shoot her a DM. You can screenshot this episode right now as you're listening, because I know you're on your phone, and go share it to your stories on Instagram and make sure you tag her. Just letting her know what hit home most, what encouraged you, what spurred you on, what you took away from this episode, because she knows deep down that her story and you know Alex's life and how she is continuing on and honoring him and how she lives is meant to encourage and impact someone else's life. So go let her know how your your life was impacted, what you're going to change from listening to her story today. And we were chatting afterwards. She also wanted to make sure that any of you out there who might be walking in similar shoes um, after having lost a spouse could get connected to an amazing group and ministry who are there to support widows. So I'd link them below. You can find them on Instagram at Be Still Ministries and at Never Alone Widows. They've been really instrumental in her life the last 10 and a half months and providing community and support. And so she wanted to make sure that anyone who is in a similar situation had that resource and could lean into them. So again, let Kelly know how today's conversation, how today's interview impacted you and what you are going to take away from it to not just better your own life and your own health, but ultimately for the people that you love most. Before you go, thank you for spending this time with me on the Tough Love Mom podcast. If this episode encouraged you in any way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a review letting me know how the show has impacted you. Then send this episode to another mom friend or take a screenshot, post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me on this journey to impact thousands of moms. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you, sister. Until next time, get after it.